Technically, it's three camps. We have three different encampments. Camp Brookwoods. Brookwoods. Camp Deer Run. Camp Deer Run. River Outpost. Three camps. Moreau and Brookwoods. Deer Run. River Outpost. The Three Camps Podcast. With your hosts, John Cooper and Seth Coates. Three camps. Hello and welcome to the 19th episode of the Three Camps Podcast. My name is John Cooper. Uh, With me will be in a few minutes the other co-host, Seth Coates. We wanted to get one more episode up before the end of the year, as promised. And in this episode, we're going to try and do two things. One, we're going to sort of tease a series that we want to do starting in the new year that's basically all things waterfront at Brookwoods, Deer Run, and Moose River Outpost. And as such, we're going to have on a guy that has spent many years in the waterfront. He comes on with us just to kind of tell a funny story, and there's more to come with him in the future. The second part of the episode, I actually am joined in studio by Mary Beth Bowling, and we do a bit of a recap of the year 2022. We cover a lot. We cover the good, the the sad, and everything in between. Anyway, we're glad you're with us. Here is our 2022 Christmas recap episode. Rocking around the Christmas tree, episode 19, baby. Let's get into it. First, I'd like to introduce to the podcast a real mensch, Cody O'Loughlin. My name's Cody O'Loughlin. I worked at camp since 2009 for about 10 summers. 10 summers. And then I did a few weeks here, weeks there until this summer. I think I did a few days. So I'm always trying to go back, but I pretty much worked 10 summers in a row uh, from 2009 to like 2018. And the last couple summers I worked as a waterfront director. Awesome. Cody, if you were asked top bunk or bottom bunk, which one do you choose and why? I actually at camp have never slept in a bunk bed because uh, my first summer at camp when I was a beaver counselor when I got there I got there really early because of lifeguarding and so I slept in the first bed right when you come in which is like the counselor bed so there was no bunk there and then pretty quickly we moved to our cabins which I slept in the counselor bunk so then that was two summers and then I slept in the hawk for a couple of years which is a nice little single bed and then i moved down to the lake cottage where there were no bunk beds so i actually came in fairly answer that question because i don't know the difference all right hang on hang on so so counselor beds aren't bunk beds not in the old brookwoods cabins they're like sink they're like when you first walk in the screen door there's one on the left and one on the right that are sort of like facing straight on and then all the bunk beds are lined up perpendicular to that got it so yeah same setup at mro all right. Counselor beds are not bunk beds. And I'm, I'm going to say this for our listeners who know Cody. Between the hawk and the lake cottage, if these walls could talk, you know what I mean? I just think there's got to be some really uh, unbelievable stories that could come out of some of those cabins. I do love the hawk. The hawk is a... I lived there for, I don't know, four, or four summers maybe. And one summer we actually did have bunk beds in there because Phil was working on the waterfront and Tom was working on the waterfront. And so Phil, Tom, and I shared the right side of the hawk, and we brought in bunk beds for Tom and Phil. And if I remember correctly, 
Tom had the top bunk and Phil at the bottom, but I was not going to play the bunk bed game, so I did not join in that. Oh, but um, perfect. the Hawk is one of my favorite spots at camp, but it is hard to beat the Lake Cottage. Yeah. And um, yeah, so I'm a little partial to that waterfront room on the Lake Cottage, I got to say. It's well, nice it's different there. now. Well, they did just get a total overhaul in that first, uh, that first bedroom that's off the lake. And that better the the bedroom on the left side. Yes. That's where the married couple sleep. Yes. So okay. I have um I've never slept in the uh large left side bedroom, which is quite nice. It kind of like goes over the lake. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, John did a lot of work on John Crowers did a lot of work on that. I slept on the right side. There's kind of the land side bed, and then there's the waterfront bedroom, and uh the water like laps on the rocks right into the window there it's pretty pretty sweet dig so yeah we cut we still call it the lake cottage but amongst the locals here we just call it coach's place which i think he agrees with so uh you know (laughs) one thing about camp is when you reach seniority status you can just come back and decide to do projects and then get away with living there and so i tried it throughout college where I'd be like, hey, Bob, I'm going to come up a week early and do some projects. And it would sort of be like, oh, no, we have this or that, which totally makes sense. But when you're John, you can be like, I'm going to come live there over the winter <laughs> and renovate the cottage. So I am uh, I've taken that advice or, or I've taken that example. And um, I am I have writing a list of projects that I will be doing in my 60s. at camp. You'll I get there. It. You'll get there. Yeah. <laughs> As we mentioned earlier, we're sort of teasing a waterfront podcast that's to come. And in that, we think we have some real fun stories. Our goal is to kind of show all the different aspects of being at the waterfront, including waterfront staff. And while, you know, it's kind of a coveted position for some, the director is usually somebody who has to really pay attention to a lot of things, including, and maybe most importantly, uh, safety. I've already said too much, but we hope to do more with that in the future. For now, Cody kind of tells a funny story around this. I spent a lot of time down there, obviously, and you're saying the waterfront is a little bit more, you you know, it seems all fun and games, which it is a lot of fun and games, but there's like some sort of safety conscious things, right? Yes. And we all do all the lifeguard training ad nauseum, and we really make sure that everybody's trained and safe to protect the kids, which is really totally important. And I took that job very seriously as well. I wasn't a lifeguard instructor like Phil was, but I sort of oversaw the whole bunch of lifeguards and made sure people were there. Yeah. So I was always really sort of joking, sort of serious. Cause like the one training thing I had besides being a lifeguard besides that was EpiPen administering. So I was like, just totally ready to administer an EpiPen, you know? And I think that because there's, I don't know, like there's just the rush of saving someone's life instantly, like all sorts of things I was just really like jazzed about. So uh, I kind of joked about it every summer, but we like have a fresh EpiPen, obviously down at the waterfront, just in case. And, and Janet Crowers would come down every year and like refresh the EpiPens. I'd be like, Janet, I'm ready to rock. Like you need me. Like I'm ready. Like down here. Like don't worry. Like you don't have to come down. I'm gonna be here to administer that EpiPen. <laughs> so uh, I took that very seriously as kind of a joke, but also like I would have done it obviously. So one day, 
just like milling around the diving pier, like surveying the scene. And one of our, um, you know, French campers uh, came up when he was very young. I think he was like, it was when he first started coming to camp and he was very, you know, adorable and had a wonderful French accent and was a little bit of a troublemaker. And um, he came up and he said, he said, Cody, Cody, uh, beasting, beasting, you know. So he was just like telling me basically that this kid on, on the beach had a has had a bee sting. And he looks a little panicked and a little flush. And I'm like, it's time. It is EpiPen time. Yes. So I was like, no problem, young man. Yes. So I run into the boathouse. I grab the EpiPen. I think like just to sort of be a little bit extra, just to be sure, I grab the whole first aid kit, which is like in this huge yellow Pelican case, which looks totally awesome. And then I grab the EpiPen in my right hand. And so I'm just like, like absolutely running full speed down the waterfront road, you know, and I never wear shoes at camp. So that's really nice and painful. Just flying to this, to the beach. I want to be careful here because I don't want to overdo this, but I'm envisioning hair flowing, you know, <laughs> Cody running to save lives. There's like this. Well, <laughs> I did have long, well, I have, I, I did have longer hair at that time, but just um, heroic. It was my time to shine. I've been waiting to do this administration, you know, and the whole time I'm envisioning like where in the thigh I'm going to put it, you know, just the satisfaction. And you're really supposed to jam it in there. You know, it's like it, it's not an easy administer. So I was gathering the courage and about halfway through, I'm like, wow, I'm going to need to catch my breath before I pull the trigger on this one. So I see the kid sort of sitting on the log over there on the sail beach. And I get over there and the kid looks at me and he's just, and I said, you got stung by a bee. Like, are you allergic? Or cause I, I think what happened is the kid who told me said he was allergic. Right. Sure. I was like, I was like, can you breathe? And the kid looked at me. He's like, he's like, bee landing on me. Didn't sting me. And I was like, oh, <laughs> oh. No. I like, I think I had the EpiPen like in the air when I was asking, like, can you breathe? You know, like ready to just jam it into his thigh. But um, so I never got to do that. And he was fine, which was, you know, and that's kind of how a lot of the luckily waterfront incidences safety wise in my time there. And even, you know, in the last 15 years, really, God willing, have been the edge of serious. But then like everybody's there ready. And uh, and Lord willing, we've we haven't had any major incidences um, that have that have like kind of gone the way of being really damaging. So. That was another one where we were ready to rock, but it didn't didn't work out as I had hoped. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's one of my life goals to do that. Is to it? stick you somebody with an EpiPen. Yep. Oh man, you guys. I mean, I all, the, all these first aid classes that we've all taken. I mean, Cody, you're probably like me. We've been doing this stuff since we were like 18. Like, yeah, that's a lot of instruction. Like, I'm ready. Let's go. I almost was like, dude, just let me do it for you, anyways. But he he didn't get stung. <laughs> So more to come on that. We hear from Cody and a whole host of other people 
on all things waterfront. For now, I do have Mary Beth Bowling with me, and I just wanted to make a comment that this will not be the last time we hear from George and Mary Beth. As most of you probably know, they are making this their final year, and we want to do a proper send-off with them on the podcast. But it did seem fitting, given uh, the year that the Bowlings had, uh, to have Mary Beth be a part of recapping 2022. All right, well, as it's December... And as we're nearing the end of the calendar year, I thought it would be nice to do sort of a recap of what's happened here for 2022. It does involve all three camps, but certainly it involves kind of the greater camp family. And with me to help me do that is Mary Beth Bowling. Mary Beth, thank you for joining us. Of course. Mary Beth, we don't have your top bunk, bottom bunk. Oh. You want to wait on this? No, no. I was a bottom bunk. Really? Oh, yeah. All the way. No, that's not true. My first summer, I took a top bunk for two weeks, and then I decided, no, I wanted to be on the bottom bunk. And here's the thing. So I sucked my thumb until I was 12. Oh, man. Okay. I started at camp when I was nine, and I was embarrassed by it. So I always tried to get a bottom bunk in the corner yeah. so that nobody would know. And then when I was 12, I decided I was going to quit. And so I took a bunk in the middle of the cabin to make myself quit. Wow. And I did. That did it. Yep. So it was camp. That seems like <laughs> a very savvy move for a 12-year-old. Well, you know. It had to come to a stop. It had to change. It had to change. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, I don't really want to spend a lot of time on thumb sucking, but it does feel like are kids still sucking their thumb? I did when I was a kid. Yeah, I don't, not too many. I don't see, I don't it. see it. Yeah. yeah. It used to be a thing, though. Is it the pacifier thing? That, I don't know. I don't know. We'll have to, well, there's somebody we could probably bring on to, I don't think that's for, that's probably for another episode. <laughs> that's a great story. Thanks for that. I was thinking about this year, Mary Beth, I was thinking about, um, how do I say this? It's been, obviously, there's been a lot of ups and downs. And, Certainly people are aware of some of the things we might be talking about, but you know what they may not be aware of? Judy Taylor, who uh, was a part of our camp staff family, she passed away at the age of 80 a couple weeks ago. Mm. Lovely woman. Mm. She was... The best. She was. And uh, she just had that kind of peace and joy about her that was was very easy to see. Um, I work with her son, so I have a special place in my heart for the Taylors. But uh, they have been a camp family, and their kids have kind of come through camp, right? And now yeah, some of their grandkids. Yeah. yeah. I know one of their grandkids finished up LDP while another mm-hmm. grandkid was a counselor. So they've been such an important part of us being here. And I guess I just want to say that it, it was something that we felt here at camp. Mm-hmm. So it would be something we wanted to mention. Judy was one of the most gracious women I think I know. Um, yeah, just always had a smile on her face and, you know, always had some great insight into you know just how camp was going and all of that which was wonderful you know and again i mentioned having greg with me in the kitchen but the tailors are faithful you know they just they really have kind of uh they've bought into the work that they want to do and they're committed and they are um yeah they're just kind of a faithful family Mm -hmm. so uh that that was one that we felt even in the recent month. Another one is another woman who kind of came through camp. And, you know, I'll just tell you this as a backstory, but I was sort of kicking myself. Um, 
I've only met Allison Ballantyne this year. Uh, I knew her husband from a, a church that um, church time years ago, but never met Allison. And what a lovely woman! And the thing is, I I had found out that she had come to know the Lord through being a camper yeah. here. So we have still have an idea of doing an episode about that, and we thought, man, wouldn't it be great to have Allison in? Hmm. Obviously, that's not going to happen now, but her kids have been very much a part of camp. And Allison, was she heavy with alumni camp? Did they do? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Probably before you were here, she used to do, um, she kind of did a lot of the programming with Melissa for alumni camp. I'm sure she was amazing at it. Oh, yeah. All the charisma in the world. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And yeah, so uh, Allison uh, and Peter had, all their kids came through to some degree. I think yep. their son went to MRO for a couple yes. of years. Mm-hmm. Um, and we still had some staff in that, and Charlotte's finishing up LDP. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And Molly was here for part of the summer this last summer. Right. And then Georgia was, Georgia, yeah. Many years. What would people want to know about Allison as it relates to camp? Oh my goodness. Um, she was, you know, just... Uh, one of those people who um, she just lit up a room when she walked in. Um, she, uh, George and I were talking about, she was part of a Bible study that I was in for a number of years. And um, he said, she was really the glue. And I said, yeah, but she was even more the spark, mm. you know, just the yeah. person who, um, you know, she had the ideas She and she was going to, follow through on those ideas um she and i would do midge and smidge together i'm still not sure whether i was midge or smidge can't <laughs> can't keep it straight but um you know we were these two old ladies that were ridiculous and she was the you know she was totally the ideas person i just went along with yeah. whatever she said yeah well i know just the idea of midge and smidge is bringing a smile to people's faces <laughs> it precedes you i've heard of this of course i've never seen it uh, since it was before my time but it sounds raucous. Yeah, it, it was ridiculous, really. <laughs> yeah. We don't want to stay just in some sad moments. I think it's important to to just make mention of those. And, and uh, Allison and Judy will both, they really will be missed. And, mm-hmm. you know, Judy's memorial service took place here at Deer, Deer Run in, in this month. And with just an enormous attendance. And I know Allison also had a really big camp. Yeah, uh, huge. Yeah, as, as it should. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of this, well, I, the MRO thing made me think of Beth Walker, who mm-hmm. was the new assistant director this summer mm-hmm. and is now... Rep- it was amazing. Yes, uh, she is now the director of Deer Run. Yep. Uh, she has been here for 20 years, I think she told us in the pod. Mm-hmm. And some of that was at MRO, some mm-hmm. of that was here, and uh, as a camper and as a staff member. Um, but we're excited to have her on yes. staff, and we have a couple new, a new couple coming uh, in April. Yeah. Zach and Sadie Fisher. Fisher. Mm-hmm. Excited to meet them. Yes, they're wonderful. Also, you're gonna love them. Okay, <laughs> I have a feeling that the people who listen are gonna know all of these names, and so I'm, I'm excited for that. But also, I don't know, I don't know them. So yeah, yeah I'm excited to meet them. Um, and they both worked here, but not together. But they, Bob likes to, for people to know that he set them up. So yeah. uh, you need to know that. <laughs> All right. Well, you heard it here. I don't yeah. know how much we're going to go down that path. But uh, yeah, uh, Zach is going to be the director of conferences right. and head tripping yes. in the summer. Yes. 
which we are not going to talk about you and George moving on right now. Uh, we're going to have to save that because, first of all, I'm going to be an emotional wreck. And also, it's just not going to, we're not going to tackle it here. But thinking of Beth coming in, uh, I could say to you that she received kind of a, uh, I don't know, a trial by fire yeah, this summer um, with all the things going on. And we should just tell people, I mean, it was a, it was a really good summer. And it was mm-hmm. also... Um, when MRO last year had you know had some COVID nineteen stuff move through the camp, we were fortunate enough not to have it, and I really feel like we flip flopped this yeah. year because yeah. there was a lot of positive tests mm-hmm. that came through in the summer, and figuring out navigating that was tricky. It, it, I think it's just a tricky thing. But then mm-hmm. we tried to figure out how to let kids continue to do outdoor stuff. And after the accident, I I never once. When I woke up in the hospital, I never once worried about camp because I knew that Beth was there. And how amazingly God put together, Deer and staff was amazing this summer. I mean, it really, that was the saddest thing for me was that I didn't get to keep being with them for the rest of the, the three weeks. But I never worried because I knew, I knew Beth was in control of everything and she would do a wonderful job. And she did. Yeah. You're right about that. It was a great Mm -hmm. staff year. Mm -hmm. Can you describe this would be July 28th (laughs) without going into major detail? Yeah. Was it changeover? No, it wasn't. It was after changeover. changeover. So it was the fifth week of camp. Yeah. Um, And George and I were on a, a day off and had gone to a movie, saw Top Gun and uh um, i didn't know that oh yeah 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 okay so driving home we were just driving along route 11 and a kid ran a stop sign on 11a coming into 11 and broadsided our car and um yeah it was it was traumatic it was big um we are really lucky to be here um i some of my, I had, I was on the passenger side, so I took the brunt of the impact, although the car spun and we were hit by another car coming the other direction um, on the driver's side from the rear at that point. So anyway, um, probably, you know, I, uh, two major injuries as well as a whole bunch of others, but the ones that have been lasting um, are, I tore my aorta um, and um, a lot of people don't survive that, I've been told. And um, so I'm thankful that I did. And they were able amazingly to patch that. Um, and then I uh, broke my pelvis in three places. So that's just been, um, it is fully healed. And I am walking, although I'm amazed at how long it takes you to regain <laughs> your muscle. Um, but we're on the, on the mend there. George, George's major injury was, um, his hand and it is still not completely healed and he may have to have another couple of surgeries. So, yeah. Uh, I think we can just say no more days off. (laughs) The first thing, (laughs) I mean, it's, that was such an incredible blow. Uh, I think just, just what not knowing. I shouldn't tell you how hard it was for all of us. I'm not saying that, but I am saying that, you know, we were all so shaken and, and we, there was a lot of prayer and, and, you know, your girls, Tennessee and Savannah were, were in seven places at once, uh, you know, and sort of holding 
a lot of a lot of it together. Of course, Beth and her UDs and the counselors were doing a lot for Deer Run, but sort of none of that mattered. We just wanted to. I mean, I remember the night when we found out the night of, and you were uh, being shuffled around to different hospitals. And I remember we were all praying uh, around um, a fire. Yeah, and I remember thinking, I, I you know, we didn't know because I was is your spleen was removed. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there was potentially some bleeding in the brain. Yep. I mean, it was yep. just horrific. Yeah. yeah. There were lots of other little injuries. But, yeah. um, you know, I was out of it. I don't remember the accident at all, yeah. um, which I'm really thankful for. And um, but it's been interesting coming coming to hear about some of those things that were happening here. Um, And somebody showed me a picture actually of people around a campfire praying. Um, And yeah, it's just very, very humbling Mm. to know. um, I didn't think I was going to get emotional. Um, Very humbling to know how, how supported we were so yeah thanks everybody <laughs> sure yeah that's that's so true i mean the whole camp community the greater camp community was like obviously on their knees for this but just just ready and, and everyone wanted to help where they could mm-hmm. and you know i don't know if um i don't know if it was me i sent that picture to somebody and end up in your your view mm-hmm. um and this is like not really th- something i was going to talk about but i just remember praying and also thinking and um yeah, I think I I felt I I think I had something happen where I, I realized uh, a piece about it where and I don't want to get crazy with you, but I did feel like um, something was the Lord saying to me, "Their race is not over yet," mm. Mm. which was awesome. So I I remember feeling like that night, you know, oh man, we don't know what's going to happen, but I just remember having that, and I remember praying that, and so for what it's worth. You know this already, but there was just so many people pulling for you guys, mm. and so much love for you guys, and it was a powerful moment. I don't, I don't want to live here with you, but I do want to know, like, what have you, if you could, what, what have you learned mm. from that? Oh, so much. <laughs> I've really done a deep dive into Psalm 23 since the accident. Um, I, and I didn't even know this, but. George told me that we were in separate hospitals. George told me that. Um, yeah, imagine that. So for weeks, really, you were separated. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah he didn't even know where I was at first, which must have been pretty scary. Sure. But, um, and so um, Griff Gatewood came to see George, and he read him Psalm 23. Now, I didn't know that at all. Somebody came to visit me and gave me a shepherd looks at Psalm 23, which is a classic. And I had never read it. And I had always thought, I should read that. I should read that. What was the only thing I had in my um, hospital room? And so I began to read it. And, um, and then, so I think I mentioned it on a caring bridge post and then um, I received three other books on Psalm 23. Oh my so goodness. I'm on the third one <laughs> now. I think the biggest thing that j- just knowing that God is my shepherd, he is not going to put me in a position where I am out of his hand. You know, he's 
always going to walk with me through whatever I am put through. During staff training, you know how um, some of the senior staff had to, uh, we all gave a devotional for the staff. Yes. Um, and uh, mine was on, um, this may not be the summer you expect. That's incredible. <laughs> So, yeah, thanks, Lord, for that one. Wow. Um, So, yeah, it was not the summer I expected. One of the things that I've learned is to die to myself. It was sad ending camp that way. I had a bucket list of things I wanted to do that I didn't get to do. I still have not been down the Zoom flume. Can you believe it? Um, So that was going to happen, but it didn't. So, but that's, that's not what my being camp director is not the important thing here. The important thing is that God gets the glory Hmm. and I've had to learn in lots of little ways since the accident to just die to myself and not need to be not need to be the one who is up front. I don't need to be the one who gets the glory. I don't need to be in control. Um, God is in control and that's the most important. He's my shepherd. Mm. So we try and have so much our ducks in a row or having, you know, uh, as you say, control of, of things. And sometimes we have the illusion of control when, when really we know the truth. But then yeah. when, in these moments, I don't think you guys were even able to fake it. You know, there's just so <laughs> no. much that you're dependent on. Yeah. Uh, that, that is the reality, I think, that we're all in. But we can, we can again, we can kind of like get off that and, and think that we have uh, all this to do with what happens. And I wouldn't say you were given a blessing, but, you know, there's certainly lessons to learn there. there you know, I've often said since the accident that I wouldn't have chosen it. Yeah. You know, and I still wouldn't choose it, um, yeah. but I have I've been blessed in so many ways because of it. And you know, it it for the first time in my life, I feel like I can almost say, um, you know, that I can rejoice in this trial. I I I don't think God expects us to say thank you so much for this trial, this accident, but I think. Yeah. He does want us to say, thank you for the things that I'm learning. Thank you for the ways that you're walking with me. Thank you for the blessings that you're giving me. Mm. And um, yeah, and I can say that. To those of you who are listening, I mean, this is really kind of what this time of year is all about. And certainly it should happen throughout the year, but we can reflect in moments like this and think about what the Lord has done. And it's never going to be the easiest of things, it's never going to be, um, you know, walking on sunshine. But um, even given what we've heard today, like I just would challenge us to seek out uh, what the Lord is teaching us and what He's doing in our lives. And certainly, gratefulness is a is a theme, you know, right around this time. Um, and I don't really want to, I don't want to tell you, Mary Beth, how you should be grateful. But at the same time, uh, hearing you say that in spite of what would be a very tumultuous year for any of us, uh, is, is, is encouraging. Um, I remember there were times when, you know, George would, George and I would just be talking and he would be like, you know, John, it's just been a tough year. And I would say, 
Oh, how so? <laughs> and, and you guys just weathered it like with real grace. And as a, anyone would want to be able to say that they were able to weather the storm, I think you guys have done that and been a real example for us. We couldn't have done it without the, you know, our camp community. We, we are involved in a church community that was also amazing and wonderful. Mm-hmm. But um, the camp community, I, I just can't say enough about how they rallied around us and helped us walk through it. The Three Camps podcast has been produced by Seth Coates and myself. A big thank you to our guests, Cody O'Loughlin and Mary Beth Bowling, and then a surprise last-minute addition by Griff Gatewood. We thank you for coming along with us this year and for listening through to this, our 19th episode. We've got some fun episodes coming, as we've told you the waterfront is next. Feel free to reach out to us on our voicemail, 978-308-2679. Thanks for being with us this year, and we encourage you to do as we've been trying to do, which is reflect, find attitudes of gratefulness, and uh, just focus on the blessings that have come our way. For now, I'll say so long, and here is a word from the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Griff Gatewood. Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever.